Hi, everybody. Hello, everyone. We've just turned the mics on and the the talking has begun. This is the two half squads. And this is episode 127. Yes. And today is October 15th, 2014, just yes. for those who keep track. 2014, as I like to say. Save myself time. <laughs> so what's been up, Jeff? Well, uh, have you been smoking? No. Do I sound like it? No, you s- smell like it. Really? Yeah. I'm smelling smoke, like cigar. Well, maybe it's me. Have you have yeah, you actually, been smoking? Well, yes, yesterday I did. Oh, probably is Once you. a year I get together with a couple of my buddies from high school. Down at the lake? We meet at various places, but we, have, we do this silly thing called Good Guys Ditch Day, where we just, it used to be we would ditch work. Now, one of them doesn't work in the autumn. The other one doesn't work at all, and then there's me. So I guess I was ditching, but I'm self-employed. <laughs> but we usually we get together. We'll we'll the, the three of us. Sometimes there's a fourth, and we'll go for a walk somewhere in, out in the woods and bring some whiskey with us and cigars, and then go back to somebody's house and have big steaks. And man, talk about very manly stuff. very much cool. Yeah, like it's a like man the, the, the 28th thing. annual Good Guys Ditch Day, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Kind of fun. I'd so, like to join you, but I would really be really ditching school if you I would be ditching. Yeah, ditch day. Yeah, but I, uh, I'd be happy to invite you. We might. We always talk about adding more of them. Well, these guys don't game. You know, that's really it. Yeah, I think I, you I'm actually this glad I don't see them too before. often. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I keep them around. I've been friends with them since 1970 something or other. That's why 71, and. Um, you know, I don't know why, because they don't game. I mean, would you keep around friends that don't game? I do have friends that don't game. Wow. Although I see them less than friends that game. Yeah. Typically. It makes you wonder, what's wrong with these people that they don't game? Yeah, and then what do you do when you're not gaming? You watch sports. Yeah, we don't do that. You walk in the woods and drink whiskey. Yes, we do. We do do that. <laughs> now, nothing wrong with that. And if you, and uh, one of the guys will talk about golf. He's a quite an amazing golfer, but and he'll talk to us about golf. Fortunately, the other guy and, and I are not golfers. My friend Jeff and I, Jeff and so Jeff, so you can't call him out if he's making up stories. Or no, you... no, but neither then do they ask me about ASL. Yes, as we know, everybody knows that. Anyway, yeah. that's why I'm smelling smoke. Yeah, no, I think, I think it is you. I hope it's not yeah. me. Yeah, you would probably know if you were smoking. Yes. Yeah. When did I smoke last? Oh, I think I had a cigarette at the reunion, high school reunion. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had one. I wonder and if there was... Yeah, it was not, you know... Eh. I wonder if there was heavy smoking at Aslock this year. We missed Aslock. We just Aslock missed Aslock. Come and gone. Yeah, we just missed it. Did you celebrate missing it? <laughs> Are we going next year? Well, I don't know. Do we want to make that commitment this, this far in advance? People no. are older. You know, people but, listen to the show have very good memories, unlike me. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's going to say in six months, hey, you said you were going to go. Uh, I did? Yeah, but I, this might be a year to do it. We've missed yeah. two or more. Yeah, it's been a few. It seems like just a couple, but I think it's been like four years since we were last here. Three years. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I, I, I did hear back. I didn't hear back. I heard from or at least saw some posts from our friend Eric, who did go. And was very enthusiastically attending and took lots of pictures and posted lots of stuff on Facebook, updates and, and whatnot. With the, and it looked like there was much fun had. 
Does he have his own page or is that the ASL Outpost Gamers Club? He from posted on South his page now. and on the ASL. I, I don't remember. Yeah. Probably on the, his ASL Outpost page. So should I do Facebook yet or not? Should you? No. You would. You don't have time. And you don't need to. Do you really need to? I do you feel like you need to? Not really. Do people look at you like you're strange, like there's no. something wrong with you? No. Yeah. No, we're too busy gaming, walking in the woods, and drinking whiskey. Yeah. I mean, you can only do so much in a day. I do less and less on Facebook. I do almost nothing other than to maintain the two half squats thing. I go through little spurts, you know, I'll go post stuff here and there. But yeah, my wife will show part, me no. stuff, but I don't know. It's uh, Some people have spent a lot of time on it, but I guess, you know, I spend time on gaming and painting and watching the Bears. Yeah. Win, then lose, then win, then lose. Yeah. At least so, I don't have that. And have you been gaming? Um, have I been? <laughs> wow, what did I do this weekend? See, Dave walked in just a few minutes ago, and he's been grading papers or something all day. And he, he's, I'm not sure he's quite here yet. Uh, no, I'm feeling a little bit out of it. I'm trying Are to think you? of, of yeah. something I wanted to say, and I just can't come up with it. So that's where my mind is. Yeah, I, I did too. I was thinking of something. <laughs> I wanted to ask the listeners about about something. Maybe we'll pause here and pour ourselves a <laughs> beverage, and we'll be right back. Break is over. The weekend, yeah. So I realized what I've been doing. I had a, a high school 35th reunion. Very enjoyable. Mostly just drinking at a bar. That's enjoyable. Small group of people. At How a big? picnic in How the many? afternoon. How big was your graduating class? About 100 kids and about 30 to 40, 20 to 40 show up at the various events. Mm-hmm. Uh, picnic in the afternoon, Saturday, and then Did you take lots Laura? Of fun. Laura went to Friday night. Big mistake because loud place, tight quarters. We're all crowded around photographs and laughing, yeah. and she's in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The picnic would have been a much better thing. Wide yeah. open, games. Would you go so far as she, to conjecture that she might uh, enjoy that? Yes. The, oh. the, the picnic would be the thing next year to do. Yeah. Well, we don't do it every year. Next Pass the grapefruit, years. all those kind of games. The next weekend was, I think, last weekend, the uh, parents were out. Laura's folks had a really good time at Adam's football game, and yeah. Oh. So... No, and then this this weekend I'm going to Western where my daughter's at college for Dad's weekend. And you know, oh. you, and you can guess. I know you appreciate all the Dad events they have scheduled, Jeff. Do they? Yeah, like model building. Oh um, yeah, gaming. Yes. Um. Yeah, all this stuff. <laughs> Podcast recording. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, it's like golf. Golf. Eh, yeah. I'm not doing that. It's like yeah. a chili cook-off. Well, I'm not going to cook chili while I'm there. We could taste it. Yeah. Might do that. The football game. I'll go to the football game with Megan. And right. then we'll have the car. She'll want to drive around places she can't get to normally, right? Yes. In college. Yeah. So. Yeah, she doesn't have a car there, does she? No. Yeah. Yeah. And she was home last weekend, too, with the folks. I'll see her two weekends in a row. Oh, okay. She's adjusting well and, and having a good time. Oh, good. Did I ever tell you when they, they busted drinker. our dorm party? No. At college? And I'm, I haven't told the listeners this ever. And 
so we're in this big party and alcohol had just been banned, right? This was like 79, 80 and the canvases were starting to go dry. The drinking age went up to 21 was one oh, yes. reason. I remember that. Right? Yes. Right as I was turning 18, you know, it went up right. 19, it went up to 21. Yeah. When I was 18, the drinking yeah. age was 18 here. Yeah. Yeah. And so they were reducing the, getting rid of alcohol totally at Illinois Wesleyan on campus. So this RA came through the dorm. Everyone was panicking, running around, right? <laughs> oh, no, the RA's here. We're going to get busted. And um, I was like ran to a room, and you know, I was stuck. There's no way out. I didn't want to leap out the window. It's too high up. And so the guy came in, and you know, he asked, okay, what's your name? What's your name? And he was writing down everybody's names. And, and I went back to the frat house and saw my friend Rick and said, oh, you guys were there. Did you get busted too? And they're like, well, no. I'm like, well, how did that happen? He goes, well, Dave, did they come up and ask you your name? And I said, yeah. And they said, you you didn't give them your real name, did you? Well, yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. Of course you did. <laughs> like half the kids there just made up names. Really? You can do that? Coffee. that? Isn't that an obstruction of justice I, or something I, like that? It didn't even cross my... shows you where I was coming from. Yeah. Didn't even cross my mind that I should lie to get out of this. It was yeah. just like... Yeah. Oh, I'm caught. <laughs> I guess. I think I would have given my real name, too. And then... <laughs> regretted it later. Yeah, regretted it later. So. I'm like, I'm kind of like that, though. I'm, you know, the, the youngest of five kids, and I'm used to obeying the rules. And so when figures of authority ask me for stuff, I give them that. That's what I tend to do. Yeah. It doesn't occur to me till much later. And even then, I think, ah, I don't know. if I, I wouldn't risk that. I don't want to get yeah. in trouble. And I've seen what some... if they take me out and beat me again? <laughs> well, and I've seen some videos <laughs> lately or news items about people refusing to do what the cops say. Yeah. Like they pulled that van over and the lady took off. Oh, yeah. So they stopped her again. They got a little violent with her. I'm thinking, yeah, you're not supposed to take off when right. they pull you over. Yes. That's like a huge no-no. Right. Well, so, supposedly they have a right to pull you over, probable cause. They can't pull you over for no reason. Well, and, you know, I'm not saying the cops are always... No, of course not. But still, I don't yeah. refuse to get out of my vehicle or drive away when right. they pull me over. I'm glad there are people that do that. You need to, <laughs> well, you need to have people that test the rules. <laughs> On those edges. You know, people need to know exactly where the edges of all of our borders are, you know, and the edges boundaries. Of, you don't get out of that vehicle, they'll break that window they'll and They'll break that you. window. Yes, they will. And then, yeah, I don't know if I, I'm sure I told you about my friend Chris. He was late for the train. Officer pulled him, came in behind him. He was walking up to the train and said, sir, come back here to your vehicle. And he did. And then uh, he says... You were speeding, and he, my friend says, well, I don't know if I was speeding or not, but that's my train. I have to catch it. And he turned to walk away. And the officer called. It's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. And <laughs> he's telling us this story. And, and they, you know, throw him on the hood, call for backup. Wow. Well, yeah. He's walking away. Yeah. And, and again, Chris is telling us this story. He's incredulous. It's called fleeing. <laughs> the scene of a crime. He or something. He's incredulous. He did flee. That the police would back this way, and everybody in the room is were mostly like laughing, and then saying, "But, but Chris, you you can't walk away, right? Yeah. I mean, what don't you get? You're a college educated guy, <laughs> you're a law abiding citizen, and you think because that's your train, 
you get a free yeah if you get out of ticket free or something yeah i, I don't you know un, it was unbelievable but anyway well there, i i there's am some i am you. the opposite of that uh, i re, <laughs> i was driving home one day on the highway it's like a four-lane highway a policeman I, I, can't, I can't even remember now. He pulled over so another car, and I was just going along behind him, and he, like, waved me. Over. He waved at me, like, to pull over. Yeah. And so I did. And I thought, here's a guy standing in front of his squad car, with busy with another guy, somebody that he pulled over, and he's waving at me to pull over, and I did. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, what could he do? I'm sure he didn't have a Panzer Shrek or a bazooka or... Or anything like that, but I pulled over. It's a little embarrassing. And then did he come and yell at you? And he comes over, he's like, wah, 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 wah. "What are you doing? You know, driving too close when we're on and pulled over." Or I don't know. Oh, okay. Like you're supposed to give, give him some, some a little wider now. berth. Yeah, yeah. Which I wasn't doing. And then he let you go. Yeah, he was all cranked up, you know. And I was just like, "Hey, sorry." You know, there was somebody next to me. I couldn't get over. Sorry. You know what? But so you did the right thing. You apologized. I did. And I was. I was sorry. But I think he was a little cranked up, you know, and I, I yeah. don't like that. When they're cranked up about something and they take it out on me, that's no good. Well, no. But they have a tough job. Doesn't excuse it. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. What's that phrase? Too many a uh, tough job go with many uh, expectation, a higher expectation. That's a phrase? Yeah, Boy, that's cumbersome. Just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> With Kinda much like, responsibility yeah. comes much repression of your anger. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Boy, that rolls off the tongue. We should do more T-shirts. We should. In fact, we should with that on there. We've got T-shirts left, don't we? we? Yeah, folks, you got to buy these T-shirts. They're extra large. You have to buy them. Are it's they just, just extra large or are they extra I'm extra sorry, there's, there's like two triple X ones, <laughs> triple extra large ones. I can't believe they even make t-shirts that big. Uh, well, yeah, I could, I wear a double X because it's really baggy and comfortable. Yeah. You wear it to bed. You don't wear it to church. No, I wear it, no, but you I wear it the in public. You wear the form-fitting one. The, I, the, this one's a... The tailored one, one to church. This one might be a XL or 2XL, but it's, you know, it's yeah. baggy. Yeah. Point being, listeners, you have to now buy these shirts. You don't really have a choice anymore. You asked for them, everybody. We, you people. We, you people. Let's blame them. And, and if you're not feeling bad about this, you should be. You could say Dave screwed up the ordering and got two, way too many 2XLs. So we got like six of those or something. Whoa. They were on eBay. You all saw them on there for fifteen ninety nine. All of you. Yeah. But now, for our listeners only, it's fourteen ninety nine a shirt and free shipping. Whoa. Yeah. Let's call it a penny for shipping. Okay. So it's that way they send us $15. $15. Donation. Tell us your size. Yeah. Delivered to your door. 2XL or 3XL. And, yep. And we had a few back orders for the normal sizes, the smaller sizes, but we don't quite have a whole lot yet. So, if, you know, and if it's really, sure we'll order those. if it's too, too big for you, you could um, just mm-hmm. think it's like one of those Snuggies. What do they call those things? Those blankets that you put on? Yeah, a Snuggie. Like a Snuggie. Or, it's like a Snuggie. A, yeah. yeah, I think they call them. Hey, you and your wife can get in it together. Yeah. Think of the fun that you could have inside <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Wow. That would be fun. That would be a great idea. Yeah. So, listeners, yep, sorry, it's no longer optional. You have to order a shirt. So yeah. go ahead and make that donation and send it. Well, I guess email us again. Make sure they didn't all sell yeah. out in a day. Yeah, because they on, might. On the day this airs. 
So email us quickly, and uh, we'll even cut a deal. If you mention the two half squads in your email, we'll give you a buck in the box back. We'll oh, wow. Actually, just donate 14 All right. Yeah, but don't get the idea by holding out. The prices will continue to drop on these. No, they only go down so far. <laughs> so now, thirteen yeah. ninety nine yeah. and a penny for shipping. Yeah. $14 donation. There we go. Free shipping. What penny is for shipping? You get to keep the packaging it comes in. Wow. All kinds of We benefits. should include that blue sheet of paper like from a, from, does. We, we could do that. Yeah. I have enough of those now. You do? Okay. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be excellent. So do you have anything else you want to talk about before we jump in or well, save I, it for the know, next show? Well, you know, I did go uh, – recently I went with – I don't know if I should say his name, but I went with a guy to the, an army surplus store. Yeah. I was going down to a guy's house to play some ASL, and there was an army surplus store near his house, and I said, you know, I'm going to be a few minutes – late and because i'm going to stop at the army surplus store i told him that he said oh you know let's go together so i and i haven't been in an army surplus store in years and so i was very excited to go in one because i remember going into them when i was little they had one up in lake geneva wisconsin where we would go and i'd love to go in and look at the grenades and the knives and the helmets and all that kind of stuff in those days. So I was looking forward to seeing all that. So we went to this army surplus store in Downers Grove and it's really very nice store. Lots of cool like uniforms and really authentic stuff. You know, you can get these World War II army jackets with the, with the patches still on them and stuff for a hundred bucks, which is, which seems like a pretty good deal. All kinds of stuff. He's in there with me and he's like, what are we doing here? Shopping. I said, we're looking at all this cool stuff. He goes, I don't get it. What are they, what's this all about? He he had never (laughs) been in an army surplus store. And even though he's an avid war gamer, has no interest in this stuff at all. Really? Yeah. Which I just, which I think it's fine. You know, it's just surprised surprised me. It is surprising me right now. It's just funny the way different people look at war gaming. Some people look at very historically oriented with it. And some people are not so. Yeah. Some people like all the stuff that goes with it. Some people, not so much. Right. But he does like history. So for that reason, I would think... I would think so. You'd like looking at all the uniforms. And they had some really interesting... Well, they have manuals in there, like tank manuals and stuff like that, all printed up. And they had actual... They had some collectible stuff, like German potato masher. Not not a potato masher. Not like you'd get it. <laughs> <laughs> like at... Uh, the Grenade. Yeah, I'm talking about the grenade. Not the they one. Have that... Shreks? No. They did not have a Panzer Shrek. No. But they had some cool daggers and lugers and stuff like that. Helmets. Great stuff. Yeah. It was just fun looking at everything. I actually didn't buy anything. I still like the motorcycle guys that wear kind of the German style helmet. Yeah, yeah, me it's too. Pretty cool. Yeah. And I wonder if they do that Silly, because cool. it's German style. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of it's a slight variation on it that they're wearing currently, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, and I've been watching Ken Burns' World War Two. Oh yes, I've seen it all. Which I have never watched. It's I think it's five episodes, each one about two hours long, and it's sensational. I think you'd seen part of it before. Why do you think so? Because we talked about your mom working in the factory. Yeah. I may have started it, it and was just remarking because anyway, one of the one of the towns that they talk about is Waterbury, yes, Connecticut. Yes, I think you had just seen where, that little part, yeah, right, yeah, and mentioned that, which is where so, she was. Did you get stationed. to the story where they, I was going to be beheaded? 
by the Japanese and how he deferred his beheading. No. Watch for it. Okay. We'll talk about it later. Okay. The happy part. Okay, there's a happy part there. Huh, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm going through the Roosevelt's, which is typically Ken Burns. Good. Oh, it's Ken Burns, the Roosevelt's? Yep. Oh, okay. It was just on a couple of weeks ago. I taped it. Messed up my taping. So it's not complete, but I got parts and pieces, most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in a way, I'm getting a little tired of the Ken Burns shtick. <laughs> you know, shtick. it's kind of like... His shtick. It's, very, it's like the same narrator's. Yeah. Two, I'm thinking, I'll oh, get a new narrator or the way the camera pans. In. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a style. I did notice it's that. Fine. I, I mean, I love it. I'm loving it. I recommend it. But yeah. I'm wondering if he's going to have a new style. Yeah. You know, sometime soon. I did notice. Uh, actually, as I was watching World War II, I did notice that the the panning thing, yeah, where the camera Slowly would start and would start at somebody's feet and move up as they're telling the story. Yeah. Or at the bottom of the picture and move up always. Or wide angle like then going in too. Yeah. In fact, when you use that technique on your Apple software, it's called the Ken Burns effect. No kidding. And you can put it into your, yeah, oh, uh, PowerPoints. You see yeah. PowerPoint or Keynote. But I did, I really enjoyed it because there's a lot of video along with it, which you don't get in the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of sad stuff going on. But it's it's so amazing. Just one little thing that, I, and I keep talking to my kids about how amazing World War II was and what an impact it has. But one thing that they mentioned was they were talking about the about how the country mobilized itself and got itself to build tanks and airplanes and things like that. And they said before the war, Detroit was turning turned out like three million vehicles the year before the war. And from 1941 to 1945, Detroit turned out 139 automobiles. Yes, there was like no everything cars. else went to tanks and jeeps yeah. and ships and yeah. I remember that learning stuff. that. I mean, that is just amazing. That's something you can really that really uh, is impactful. I think a total war effort. Yeah, total war effort. Not like like what we're we doing will again in Iraq. Yeah, what we did or Afghanistan. We or... we would never see this kind of thing again. I don't think unless aliens invade it. And I, <laughs> I mean that sounds funny, but that's what it would take. The whole world to mobilize in a single effort like that. Hopefully, because that means there won't be a World War Three. Yeah, I hope so. With nuclear weapons, there shouldn't be. Yeah. I'm guessing. What's next? Uh, you know, I'm getting depressed. I was getting depressed there for a minute. Because what? I was looking. I. Just, you looked at our hits? I'm not getting enough love. Yes, I think you that's are. it. I'm all out of love. So on the pod, no. Where'd you look first? I looked on our uh, our blogger statistics, which don't look that great. Said only 107 listeners on yeah, the last episode. On the last episode. But then we looked at the pod. When I go to pod, hosts the material. Yeah, they actually stream so. it and host it. That was it's 1300. So that's good. But if there's 1300 people listening, which I think is great, or downloading, there uh, we need more email. We need more mail. From new people. We need more call-in letters, and we yeah. need to more sell love. those t-shirts. We need more we love. Need we need to sell t-shirts. those t-shirts really bad. No. And we'd like some contributions to the contest, which was what, Jeff? We announced it a couple of shows ago. Oh, the contest? Yes, we have a contest going on for uh, the person that submits. Well, all you have to do is make a submission to uh, the, the greatest ASL player in the world. The gr- yeah. That, that it? comedic. Yeah. We did those the comedy comedian. bits with yeah. that music. We didn't record them. Um, 
who, who recorded them for us? Somebody did. Was it Dennis? No. Hello. Hello. Oh, my wife is home. Hi, honey. There aren't any strange women here, are there? We don't think so. Okay. You're the strangest. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's why we love you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, listener did the actual recording of it. It's like that yeah, beer commercial. Dennis. Right. He, he, you know... Minefields take a check when he enters them instead right. of so it's that kind of idea the greatest ASL player in the world right so you can hear those comedy bits on some of the episodes yeah and a while we back and right those beer commercials and write something send it in folks yeah maybe we're turning out too many episodes could be two a month we've yeah. been staying pretty regular yeah but we like it so on we go all right I'm feeling better time for letters letters here we go. Oh, you know what? What? This makes me feel better. There you go. And we do I have think it's some the bells. Oh, yeah, we might have a quiz show next show we or this might. show. Where's my bell? We got a bunch of stuff for what's in the box. I rearranged down here. Jeff put ah. up a nice pegboard over there. <laughs> Their sounds better than ours. Yeah. I'm a little off. There we go. I think I've uh, found my next job. Okay. How do you stop this thing? Just fade it on down, and we'll start doing the news right over it. Okay, that was a that was an abrupt fade. We have the from Rich Bilkey a notification that the Texas ASL website Bonsai has an index that you can go to that lists the topics in all the articles. <sighs> Starting at Bonsai 0.1, third annual Austin ASL tournament, tactical tips, half squads. Oh, ooh, that sounds like it's right up our alley. Yeah. Scenario analysis of we could use some tips. drill team by Shawstack, and on and on and on and on with a nice quick reference. You want to find an article, you hit the index and see if they have something out on that particular thing you want to know, or that scenario. Here's Guards Counterattack by Jim Natcher. And Kursk after action report and so on. So great little resource. We'll long overdue bookmark it on our show for you. Yes, we will put a link in. Dear guys, you mentioned that Dennis gave you a set of counters of yourself. Oh, this is for me, to me. Can you post a picture of those, please? Or did well, you post? We a will picture try of to yours? get to it. I have yeah. not done it yet. Okay, we, we, one of us I, will get it done. Yeah, I do have a picture, so I'll get that done. Oh, you actually took a picture of the counters. I took a picture of my counters. Oh, yeah, didn't, yeah. Didn't really care about yours Post that. that much, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying yes. to be honest. Post that on this show. It's one of my most endearing qualities. That's why I have so few friends. Oh, I have one from Anonymous. He was making a comment on Jeff's presentation, both entertaining and informative on interdiction. A gun, he clarifies, that needs to change its covered arc cannot interdict plus diral modifier. Thus, the routing side cannot use interdiction to force a gun to change covered arc. Right. Which I thought we hinted at. Oh, wait. He's saying the routing side cannot use interdiction to force a gun. I think I asked if that plus for turning interdiction counted against it, because when you have a plus, you're not allowed to interdict. Right. It doesn't... Right. If he has to change the covered arc, he cannot fire on you in interdiction. Therefore, he is not interdicting you. So it can't force you, a gun to how, change the covered arc? No, but it can but it force him the loss of, loss of uh, acquisition. Okay, and that's yeah. what we thought you said. This and is, and uh, I may have been unclear on that. Erwin Lau just making it 
crystal clear for yeah. us. Which again, hey, there's a listener, Erwin Lau. I don't think he's ever written, ever called in. No, you're probably right. And he's and he's out there. And he's out there. And he posted a comment to that clarify. That was very nice. Yeah. Everybody step on up and do the same. Yeah. <laughs> step on up and correct us. We never get tired of that. Here's one from Andrew Nichols. I don't know if I'm going in order, Dave. Yep, you're right on. Okay. Spot on. Andrew says, my brother and I played squad leader many decades ago. Having listened to your podcast, I have purchased a stupidly expensive range of sets so my brother and I can play over Vassal. Cool. I only play Vassal modules if one of them, if one of the players owns the game. He's clarifying that. So he, oh, he, he is purchasing. He likes to support the product yes. and he was inspired to right. purchase due to us. Yes. And he says his brother lives about 350 kilometers away or kilometers or clicks. I guess that's clicks. Six clicks is a mighty fine walk. When you walk behind a band, six clicks can seem like a hundred miles. When you're walking in Charlie's land. What war, Jeff? Uh, oh, uh, Vietnam. You are correct. Yes, of course. Charlie's land. Charlie's. Well, you know, you know words. You know words to songs. <laughs> well, I made that into. It was. I found it with the school product thing, and I made it into a, a music video. You did with yeah pictures of the jungle and. Is that you know, one guys. of the ones you lost when they wiped your computer? Um, yeah, I think we've got all of them back, but a lot uh, of them are in the silly little QuickTime format where uh, you can't really. And I rebuilt some of them, so. Cool. And you, you remember that, don't you? I do, Thanks, yeah. tech team. Yeah. <laughs> and now their philosophy at school is they're not going to replace the TVs when they go out. And on the one hand, I can understand that. But what these people don't realize is when the Internet's not working and I still got the old DVD of something I could look up on YouTube or whatever, and I got a TV or the bulb yeah. burns out on my um, Your projector? OCD, OCD, oh, yeah. LCD projector. Yeah. And then I don't have to go, oh, kids, we'll watch it tomorrow. I can, boom, click on the TV, throw a DVD in there, and go. And yep. I actually dusted off my overhead projector because they took away our Elmos. Oh, they did. Because they were saying now the iPads replace the Elmos, which they can. You hook them up, and they can be a camera, and it can project through the LCD thing. All good and cool, and except for the fact that I had overheads I didn't get transferred yet to digital, you know, made PDFs where I could show them up through my computer, which is what I usually do. Am I going into too much detail here? Well, no, but it's just, it's amazing what a technical debacle you have. Well, and you're a school teacher. It's like leave. You just want to teach history. I, and and just leave the equipment. It's, yeah. If it's old equipment, leave it there. And Or here's the deal. Ask the teacher. Yeah. Just ask. No. Don't just say, we're taking all this away and selling it on eBay. And I think they, you know, I don't know what they do with it. Ask. Do you think you'll use your TV? Yes, I still will. I like the sound on it comes out better than it does through the OCD projector. So if I'm running something through my DVD player. Anyway. Yeah. Enough about that. I'm going to look on eBay for all that stuff. I can buy that <laughs> stuff probably for cheap. I was just talking to a friend of mine and he bought for his, he owns a summer, runs a summer camp for kids. He bought on eBay a jet boat. It's like a boat that runs on, it's like jet a jet power? ski, but it's. Like in the air? It's like a jet ski. Like a jet pack? A you strap the boat like on your back and you can go up <laughs> no, in the air? No, it's not like that. Oh. But <laughs> apparently some some fire department bought it for use in fighting fires on the lake. And they didn't want it anymore, and they sold it, and he bought it for seven grand. It was a $75,000 boat. Got it for seven grand there, on eBay. There you go. 
And, but how does I don't a, think I don't think that relates really. To how does a lake catch on fire? Well, boats catch on fire. Oh, boats on the yeah, lake. Yeah, boats okay. on the lake will catch on fire. And this thing can go zooming up there, and it's got this huge water cannon on the front of it and everything. And he owns that. And he bought it. Seven grand. He can shoot the water cannon at yeah, people. Yeah, it's going to be great for the kids are going to love <laughs> Knock it. skiers off yeah. their skis when they pass by. <laughs> Andrew goes along on to say, "Nice. it's a nice way to regularly connect. We will start with Starter Kit 1, crazily enough. Thanks for rekindling my interest. No thanks for entering my bank. For emptying my bank account. Oh, keep oh. up the great banter, Andrew. We're sorry about that one, Andrew. Yeah. Although, even with your empty bank account, you still have to buy a T-shirt. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. You know, we should offer financing for our for ASL <laughs> listeners that can't afford. <laughs> they could do a monthly installment. Yeah. Plan. Yeah. Well, we I have one from Dave Shaw. I wanted to thank you for your hard work as a starter kit player. I really liked your playthrough episodes that show what a turn looks like. And strategy and just a thought-out, enjoyable podcast. I often go back to the newbie-doo, retaking Viraville episode to polish up my play. Love the ASL system, but cannot swing the full system because of a work commitment, travel, and family responsibilities. Hey, that's fine. You don't really have to go full. We just say that a lot. Yeah. Um, and you're, he's a truly excited to be able to experience the game through starter kits. And to be supported by the podcast is a blessing. So thanks again for thinking of the SK players. I did get a negative comment on the big, giant, three-hour-long replay that I did solo against myself. Yeah, War of the Rats. Yeah. You posted, and um, several people really liked that. Yes. So I would just point out, listeners, yeah, the whole three hours is not for you or for everyone. Yeah, if you're going to put it in the, <laughs> uh, you know, if you're in the car and you want to try to stay awake that's probably not the one to do yeah that's only if you have a really boring night yeah and you've got a you know a couple hours you could set the game up and play along um um listener dan dolan did point out that um i, I did an ambush roll and there's no ambush or something it's starter oh, yeah. kit so right yeah. so listeners be aware of that but my plan is when i'm i am in a boring night I, I can't promise I'm not just going to set it up another game and play against myself again. It just seems like a good thing to do to get it out there. At least do the setups. Yeah. So that started as a setup. I'm going to do the setup and then stop. And then I started playing a few turns like a newbie do. Yeah. Right? But without as careful clarification of rules. But the way I would just have played it as a starter kit. And then it became, I just kept going and going and going. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> to the end. So, did you edit that episode, or you just? It you didn't it need there, much. Rah. I mean, if I if I paused, I just stopped. If I cleared yeah. my throat, I quickly edited it while I went. Oh, okay. And I recorded it over two or three nights. So, oh, I see. Yeah, I didn't play okay. it. All you didn't do it all through. at once. But anyway, so the point is, yeah. If I grab the time, we'll do it. And if, uh, but we'll try and do another newbie do like we had in the past. Okay. Should I read this one from ASL Bunker? Sure. Or is that going to be a what's in the box? Uh, it can be part of that. Go ahead. This is from ASL Bunker at AOL.com. This is the email address from which flow forth the dispatches from the bunker newsletter. This is issue number 39 and our last issue. But we're hoping maybe it won't be our last issue. We should subscribe. Anyway, he writes, hello to my valued subscribers and see the attached PDF file for our brand new PDF issue number 39. You can see what your last issue, oh, this is our last issue, as it says in the subject line. But he used to uh, package all these up in regular paper yeah. and mail them by snail mail. And now he's doing it by PDF, and I think that's a much better way to do it and let people print it off if they want to or or whatever. Yeah. So Kill their own trees. 
So, but it was a very good issue, Dispatches from the Bunker. We'll be talking about it later. But if you are not subscribing from Dispatches from the Bunker, we highly recommend it. Yeah, you do. We'll put a link when we review that product. Yes. It's only $14 for four issues. So, And I have two emails, one from Nelson Asada, one from Derek Ritter. Nelson, a regular contributor. And yes. uh, Derek, I think, second time or first time. Uh, note of caller in or uh, emailer, and he they both said suggestions for a rules segment theme song. And I just wanted to announce we probably won't be pursuing your ideas, gentlemen. We like them all though, but we tend to want to kind of produce our own kind of thing if we ever get around to kind of doing it. Yeah, so and Derek said he hoped to see us at Oktoberfest. We already explained we weren't going to be there, but thanks for your suggestions, guys. Yes, and Derek, this is the sixth email we've ever received from Derek. Oh, it is? Yes. got to work on my short-term memory problem. You. <laughs> Wait, you have the short-term memory problem. I forgot even who has it. I think I do. And I guess that wraps it up for letters. Well, we, we got more for next re- show? Or? Remind everybody that uh, the show is made possible from donations, like the great one from Tom. Be sure you're speaking Tom, into your microphone. The great one from Tom, Thank Tom you, E. Thank you for your kind donation. And if you want to get a shirt, Tom. Send some more <laughs> All right, yeah. that's it for letters. Hey, listen, if you want, if somebody wants to send us a $20 donation just for no reason in particular, that's great. But if you include your address, we're probably going to send you a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you that's, don't want one. That's right. Because they're great, girls. you know, for dusting, wiping off the car, and that, that sort of thing. Absolutely. They're very absorbent. And it's time for Rules. Oh, yeah. Theme song suggested by Nelson Asada. Let's jam on Tarawa Rules, boys and girls. Sweet. Yeah, Daddy-O. It is kind of Daddy-O-ish, isn't it? It is, yeah. Makes me want to get my rules out, but not so much that I actually do. No, it's a lot of effort. All right, we're looking at Tarawa rules, starting at rule 1.0. I don't know if I did this as a quiz show. I'm sure I'll mix it up a little on you, Jeff, as I usually do. Well, if you do, I'm ready, <laughs> just in case. Let's jam. All right. First of all, what is a Pathfinder, Jeffrey? What is a Pathfinder? Pathfinder is a single-man counter that accompanies an armor-fighting vehicle as it's working its way across the uh, the ocean um, coral, the shallow. It's during the wading so that the tank doesn't fall into a hole. Excellent. Or get, otherwise, get bogged. And its factors are zero, one, uh, zero nine, zero zero nine. I'm sorry. It's 007. That's my uh, 007. I was I was thinking dun-dun, my phone dun-dun, number. Dun-dun, dun-dun, oh. dun-dun. No, it is yeah. 009. It's 009. You yeah. are correct. If they fail a morale check, and why is it uh, 009? Because they have no firepower. They have, they no, have firepower. no range. Right. All they have is a little whistle to signal the tank. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Do they have whistles? <laughs> they probably do. They probably have all kinds tweet, of stuff. Tweet, Pro- tweet. Yeah, and probably those like little horns. Like a marching band. Tweet. 
Follow me, follow me. If they fail a morale check, what happens to them? They disappear. They never fail a morale check. They can. They flip over. And they then Okay, wait a minute. Let's not confuse everybody. Okay, they flip. Stop the the program. All right. Stop the program, everybody. All right. If they fail a morale check, they wound. Making them a 008. They have three movement factors. Seems awfully slow. Did they just pay one per Ocean X? Yes. Is that right? And then there's a severity check with that, too, of course. With their movement? When they fail that morale check. Oh, yes. It's a wound, so that's severity. Yeah. If they roll a five or six. They're gone. I'm, yeah. I'm doing a throat-slitting sign right now. And if they fail a morale check again, then they are eliminated. Yeah. So, quiz show. Can they break? No. Correct. Can they heat of battle? No. Correct. Can they have unit substitution? Because units don't break in the ocean. No. They, you they are casualty correct. reduce. I mean, I mean, yes. Yeah. Do they have unit substitution? No. Correct. Can they pin? No. Correct. Units don't pin in the ocean. Will I ask Infantry another units don't pin in the ocean. question that has a no for an answer? Okay. Will I? Yes, you will. No, I won't. Got, oh, got it wrong. Okay. <laughs> Darn. I was on a roll there, though. You were. I was impressing myself. Now it's current, because you've been playing with them a lot, haven't you? Well, With the taro rules? Yeah. yeah. That's right. And now it has no effect. Its current morale level is never lowered, but it could increase a point eighteen. I don't remember, once again, why I wrote that. No, I don't know either. It could increase its morale level. Oh. Being on a fanatic? beach? Yeah. Yeah, once he gets... Well, no. Once he... He never sets foot on the beach. He disappears. Is he fanatic in the water? I don't know why I wrote that. But anyway, we're going to press on and let the listeners... Yes, we will. ...look that up for themselves. Yeah. May it use We our, don't want to give out too much information. No, no, no. no. What would be we the We just want to pique the curiosity. Yes. May it use armored assault? Well, I think that's all it really uses... Because he can't move separately from the tank, the AFE that he's accompanying. That is exactly correct. I wrote, yes, and can only use it. Usually, one is assigned to a non-amphibious vehicle. May they then double time? No. That is correct. What happens, rule 1.3, what happens when it's not in the hex with its vehicle or it's in a hex with with any enemy unit? It can't happen. They disappear. He disappears. Yeah. Which is the weirdest. I know. It's like the weirdest thing. It's like alien abduction. <laughs> you just, what is what is that? You just, they, they like, they duck under the water and swim away? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I don't is know. Is it a cloaking device? Yeah. Does he get back in the tank? Is he maybe one of the tank crew? Actually, I don't know. Yeah. About the Pathfinders. Yeah. Maybe he's one of the tank crew and he just climbs back in. Or they just didn't want to make rules for that. Yeah. So he just disappears. Just disappears. <laughs> but, you know, I would think a Pathfinder he, on Taro was carrying a weapon. He joined the a, infantry. Yeah, yeah right, he would think. Somewhere. But you don't want to mess around with that. So, Unless you want to make your own house rules. Just say <laughs> give Pathfinders them a, can do whatever they want. Give them a one firepower yeah. when he hits the beach. Yeah. Call him a little hero or something. Yeah. Um, what happens... <laughs> When it is, oh, when its vehicle, its width, enters the beach or the hinterland hex. 
also. He will disappear. Once again, magic. It's like magic. He just magically disappears. Rule 1.4. Makes you not want to be a pathfinder because you don't really know what's going to happen to you. Although it makes it seem kind of intriguing. Like what does happen to you when you disappear? Yeah. Maybe you go to a better place. <laughs> I you know? hope so. I'd like to find out. I hope so. Maybe you go to a magic land. Yeah. <laughs> of beautiful mermaids. <laughs> yes, it could be. Do, 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 do. Yeah. A mired vehicle. Admired. An admired vehicle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With a pathfinder, if it's mired, it gets a neg two to the colored die roll to um you know remove the immobilization thing. Yeah. To get yeah. unmired. To get unmired. Demired. Demired from being admired. Yeah. So now So that and that's really important, obviously, for getting your AFEs onto the shore across those yeah. uh, ocean hexes. And that's like his job, right? He's out there to lead you in safely. So right. give him that neg two is, is a great idea. Yeah. And then there's some terrain rules here, rule 2.0. The BRT ocean. As you said, all ocean are submerged reef. Were they historically? Or I thought the reef was just the barrier they couldn't get over. Uh, no. In everything that's depicted on the map... It's pretty accurately just submerged reef. A big, so wide wading. thing, and yeah. they can walk on it? Yes. Wow. Yeah, they walked quite a while, quite a ways. In. I remember that from yeah. all those books, but I f- forgot it was kind of like, uh, yeah, I just thought of the reef as the barrier, but really the tanks all came in and stuff. So anyway, anywho, do you feel like getting out your rules? Sure. Tarawa? Yep. G13.431 must have been... Something I wanted us to look up. Well, I can recite that from memory. <laughs> Hold on. Let oh, me just think for a moment. I think it's like exposed reef. G13 point. Yeah, that might jog your memory. 13.431. Let's jam. Dun, 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 dun. While I'm looking this up. Dun, 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 dun. Hex Y11 and Z10 are exposed reef examples. Is it coming back are to you? Are you talking about exposed reef now? <laughs> well, did we go on? We, we're not. I don't a, know. We're no longer on submerged reef. We are. What's? I mean, there are there are three G13. three hexes or maybe two hexes oh. that are exposed reef. Yes, they're right at the bird's beak. That was what I just mentioned. Yeah, Y11 and Z10. So actually, uh, squads can actually disembark there and. Set up a mortar there, for instance, or a machine gun, and fire from those positions. Man, those you are the, are only, the expert at this. Those now. are the only hexes that they that they can. Yeah, fire from. All so the, what, the other ocean hexes, while they're waiting, they cannot. So fire what from. was that? G thirteen point four three one. That is. Am I wearing my glasses? I'm not. No. Am I? Okay, I can't see myself, so I'm not sure I have them on. <laughs> I had them you here can't, a minute ago. Jeff, if you can't see yourself, it's because you're not wearing your glasses. Yeah, if you were wearing them, you could see yourself. That's probably it. Okay, 14, uh, 13.431, exposed slash submerged. Mm. A SSR will state that the reef is either exposed or submerged. Each exposed reef hex is considered at a level negative one Hamada. Okay. 
uh, Hamada land hex and inherent terrain in which all the rules for Hamada apply unchanged. Except uh, mud effects are NA because you wouldn't have mud. No, on a reef. In there, on a reef. Not a coral reef. Um, Maybe a mud reef. Reef trying to get to the end of the exception. Let's see. An exposed reef hex is considered part of an island for drift purposes and is never a hinterland hex. Each submerged reef hex is considered a shallow ocean hex, all the rules for which apply unchanged therein. Excluding a landing craft may neither set up an LC. Is that landing craft? Yes. Uh, <laughs> may, neither, may neither set up in nor enter a submerged reef hex, but may beach across one of its hex sides. That's why I didn't write all that down. Too complicated. Yeah, it's too complicated. That's one of those rules it's, we'd skip. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, I would, I I would mean, skip. We wouldn't. I would, I would. I don't think I'd skip that, but I would skip the Hamada thing. Because I have played Hamadas before, and I, 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 get I cannot those. wrap my head I, around oh, I actually, it. I actually get those. They're, like, they're really just like big, flat walls. Is that it? Yeah. Think of it as a big, long, flat wall. Yeah. So if you're on one side, you can see over, and if you're both on sides, you can see over, and so on. Okay, Wow. I'm free. I'm free. All line of sight to and from an ocean gets a plus one LV hindrance for each hinterland hex crossed. Again, it's a very flat island, right? Yes, it is. We learned again. And that is not applicable with other hindrances in the hex, nor with fire lanes. Fire lanes don't pay the plus one LV hindrance per per hex. Right. And rule 2.3. A hull hit versus a waiting vehicle has a plus one to the to kill die roll. That's the big idea there. Right. And then there's some swamping. Rule 2.31. Swamping in an ocean hex is non-applicable. Is that correct? Swamping in ocean and a non-amphibious in an ocean take a bog die roll. Yeah. Oh, it's probably too shallow to swamp. Oh, probably. Yes, that makes sense. But non-amphibians do take a bog die roll. That's yeah. Plus one if they're not fully tracked. And plus two if it's into wire. Plus three without the pathfinder. Mm-hmm. And plus two if they didn't eat their Wheaties. This, this sounds like something that Rich has on one of his tables. It sure is. Yeah. Yes, and we posted those... Yes. In a previous episode? Yes. And a plus one if the pathfinder is wounded. And if there's a bog, then it's also mired automatically. Yeah. Bog is mired. You don't do it. Normally, you do a bog check to free yourself, and you can become mired, right. making it worse. But you're just mired when you're bogged in this game. Yeah. Out there in the ocean. So, ocean bog removal gets a plus two for a mired to the color die roll and a neg one for crew expose AFV. It's easier to see. And the neg two for the pathfinder, as yeah. we mentioned. So. And then residual. Do you remember what happens to residual in the ocean? Um, I don't. It was lowering the uh, residual by one column. Okay. Because it's hitting the water, I guess. And fire lanes also were lowered by one. Ocean. Okay. If they end in that first ocean hex, then. Yeah, okay. 
And then um, 3.0, there's sand on Tarawa. Yes, there is quite a bit. Now, Tarawa was really, was that the coral reef island? I mean, was it the land, the hard corally kind of sand? Do you remember anything about that from the book? We both read that book. We both read that book. Savagery. It is hard sand. Hard sand. Yeah. And um, I'm thinking of that sulfuric island. Was that Iwo? Iwo Jima has soft sand, yeah. But the sand then, all the beach is the hard sand, and the hinterland is the soft sand. Right. So the wetness tends to make the sand also more Yeah, it compacts it. You know, like when you're walking on the beach, it's more like a concrete mix. <laughs> and I like I like walking on the beach. I do too. Yeah. And sunsets. Yep. And good, the, good glass of wine and uh, uh, and a cigar in the forest. And a cigar in the forest and maybe some good jazz. Sounds. Some good jazz yeah. in my head. That's what makes me happy on the beach. I think it's time to blow this thing. Get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, let's jam. Let's jam. And then most people didn't realize that taro whirls were this cool. And they're very, and they're very, very cool. cool. <laughs> Exceptions for the soft sand. Building. Pier. Bridge. Runway. All exceptions. Does sand bog you? Does it bug you when it gets between your toes? Does sand bug you? Yes. Uh, your tanks, can they bug bog in the... In the hard sand? Uh, no, I think I'm talking about the soft sand now. Well, there's a good question. I don't think so. It can. Really? As if it's mud. Oh, of course. But not, yeah, there's that mud. not for each hex. No, you do a mud roll. You do that mud check I, where you roll, you roll three dice. Yeah, that's what you guys were doing. Right. Right. And I... And I don't and know those come rules. Up with the, no, <laughs> but, I don't know those And I didn't rules. write them all down. But the concept behind it is you roll once. And it's secret. And it's a secret roll. If you fail it, the third die is how many hexes, how many hexes in you have gone before bog. you bog. Right. And so you don't know how far you'll go. Well, you yeah. know how far you'll go. Your enemy doesn't. Right. The guy who's who's moving the tank. So the the guy who is actually moving the tank doesn't see the die roll. Correct. Yeah. And then we have the bog in a land hex is neg one to the color die roll on the bogging. Okay. And the Japanese in the soft sand, the hinterland, pay an extra half movement factor, not an extra movement factor. Right. The Marines... Why? So for the Marines to go from one hinterland to the next, it's two. For the Japanese, it's one and a half. Because they had those little toe shoes? I think so. And they were probably just more used to walking on that sand... It takes a little practice, and they're lighter weight, I guess. I mean, well, they're you know they were smaller. When we go walking in the sand. Yeah. Do, 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 do. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting rule. That didn't strike me when we were playing the game. Well, you guys were the Japanese, so I yeah. didn't pay that much attention. And we weren't really moving very much. No, no. But yeah, we, we were do one and a half and down and two. just wiping me out and yeah. making me quit early. Again, thanks, everyone, for being gracious in that game to me for my childish behavior. Well, you didn't throw anything. I like that. That was, <laughs> but I was getting, We were getting wiped out. Yeah. I'll tell you a secret. You want to hear a secret? Yeah. One of the defensive things that we set up rather brilliantly 
was to have a bunch of deploy a bunch of our units into half squats and put those hip in the road in 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 the row of hexes adjacent to the beach under the wire and they were right. hip under there and i had to cross that to get to and you, you had to, cross that. to do the close combat advantage right. well we're not allowed to set up that, hip that in, was, in hexes next to the beach that was illegal that was illegal yeah i didn't want to call you on it at the time did you know it? No. <laughs> no, I would call you on yeah. that, but I would let you replace them somewhere else. Yeah. No, Rich told me. Oh, he like, did? Oh, okay. Dave, we yeah. did make a mistake. Yeah. Not that, still not that I couldn't roll less than a 10 with a Marine. <laughs> it probably didn't make a huge difference, but it, it may have. You know, and it was a lot of setup. And, you know, nobody really complimented me on what a swell job I did on hey, setting everything up. That didn't was I? a great job, Jeff. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Bear to get I through there, did. man. I was getting wiped out. No, I mean just putting the counters out. Oh, yeah. Rich did this. Rich did all the smart stuff. All I did was get the counters out for you. <laughs> yes. Oh. Thanks for all that. Didn't work. I did do you nice? them all away too? I did. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't let us yeah. help. No, I didn't let you help. But it to get the whole thing set up and then find out later that. You're playing incorrectly is eh. a little disappointing, yeah. but it's a game. It's, it's a, a game. game, and it's you know, it's yeah, I'm cool with it. Okay, um, I don't think I don't know how much it would have changed. Well, anyway, side conversation. Then we have the rules about the sand continuing. Movement factors slash movement point penalties are not applicable if you're entering a pillbox, building, rubble, runway, bridge, pier. Using a road. Yeah. Yeah. And the emplace guns get a plus two TEM. That's normal. That's normal. Right? Mm -hmm. Fortification restrictions are non-applicable. Do you remember what that means? Fortification restrictions. Hmm. Emplace guns get a plus two. Yeah. Fortification restrictions are NA. The F... F... 7.42 ones. Oh, that go with sand. Oh, yeah. It's saying the sand restrictions for the desert don't necessarily apply to the ah, fortifications. Okay. Correct, Amundo. And then, exception, a trench and a foxhole have a plus two versus OBA bombardment. Yes. Is that better than normal? Yeah, foxholes plus one, Ooh, two no, normally. Versus OBA? Plus one. For, it's not as good as a trench the foxholes it seems like they're making them as good as the um trenches for the oba yeah and bombardment and then there's a little rules on oh there's a bunch on the back side of this (laughs) i didn't didn't realize how many rules i boy you down and that's a yellow piece of paper when did you write these down years ago waiting at burger king before we started our campaign game oh okay son to finish his Piano lesson. Yeah. That was that color ink. Okay. And I must have continued somewhere else uh, three different times, three different colored inks. And then I was kind of making my own notes and, of course, said, this is going to be show notes. Palm trees. Treat as normal palms except treat as normal palms. Well, it's palm trees. Except out of season versus aerial. They're not thick enough to prevent the aerial viewing. During the naval bombardment, they take a normal morale check with a morale of eight. Do you think you you meant their treat as as, um, orchard? 
Um, yes, I and do think I meant to. <laughs> yeah, treat so, it as normal orchard, except yeah. treat them as out of season versus aerial attacks because yeah. they're not as dense foliage. Right. Palm trees. And then the, thank you, then the naval bombardment is a normal morale check. And if they fail it, they become, palm trees become? Palm rubble. Palm debris, yes. Palm debris, yeah. Which is like palm rubble. Yeah. And the shell hole creation, use palm debris instead. It's not burnable terrain. Right. And there's the coconut rule. <laughs> which you, is? Um, every hex that you're, oh, it's too stupid. <laughs> Even for me, I liked I liked where it was going. Though. I, you know, I just Brian, for once have, I should have a real rule rather than a silly rule. Could have left it at the think? coconut rule. The coconut rule. I'll, I'll let them look it up themselves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's in there. It's, it's a, a normal morale check. Yeah, if Perry says the coconut rule. When the navel obia goes off, it shakes all adjacent yeah. palm trees, and the coconut may fall. So you have to yeah. roll a normal check. Oh, <laughs> got the coconut rule. Oh, take a morale check. And then infantry costs one plus the cost of terrain, and that includes the sand to enter the palm debris. Yes. Fully tracked vehicles, only an armor fighting vehicle can go in. It costs a quarter, and then there's that bog check at plus one because of the palm fallen palm trees. Yeah. There's no dashing road bonus, and it's a half road rate because of the fallen palm trunks yeah you got to get over the coconuts and the coconuts and oh, it's inherent concealment terrain with a plus one tem and it's a half level hindrance folks when you're going through that palm debris and now palm debris and combined with palm trees oh it's a full level Doesn't sound like line a of sight hindrance because it's combined with palm trees and then there's building palm hexes do you remember anything about those there's palm tree and a building in the same hex? No. Is there, oh, well, yes. Yeah, I'm looking at the map right yeah, now. Yeah, there's palm trees the in there. Yeah. And it's just pretty much like normal. You pay in for the building like normal. Yeah. Um, it would block the hindrance. It would be a hindrance like right. normal for the palm trees. So it's really just combined. Movement factors are three. Vehicles pay one plus the building. You may still bypass Using the palm rules, bypassing rules, I guess. Okay. And then the TEM is per the building type, of course, and and use the building kindling number if you're going to burn that hex. You don't get to burn just the palm. Try and burn the palm trees. Yeah, okay. Got to do the building. And then rule 5.0. Moving right along. Pritched rubble. Printed, printed rubble. Yes. Printed rubble may not be cleared. Okay. Just keeps it easy. Yep. There are hexes, meaning that there are hexes on the map that are pre-printed with rubble. Yeah, blown out before the pre-bombardments, yeah. before the invasion. And the bunker rules, do you remember any of those? Yes, I do. I remember all of them. What would you like to say about them? I don't have a quiz show in here. They're cool. Yeah, they're very cool. <laughs> That's rule 6.1. <laughs> command bunkers. Oh, command bunkers, too. They're like a fortified building. Yes. And they have the brown contour lines that count as a building for line of sight. Right. Those, those are raised. line of sight. Those were those raised bunkers, right? Right. Mm-hmm. There's, I think there are three of them on the island. Yeah, I think you're right. And who's fanatic inside them? The Japanese. Correct. And when you fire out, what kind of fire do you use? 
Oh, let's see. From the command bunkers, I'm thinking, uh, is it half? Yep. half? It's half firepower for the inf- inherent infantry, but machine guns fire at full power. That is correct. Except if you're on the roof, then it's, of course, full because full. you're not shooting out of the little slots. Yeah. So you got to think of it kind of as a cellar. Right. Cellar yeah, like shooting out the windows half. of a cellar. Right. Now, there's no vehicles allowed in the bunker, of course, and you can't burn it. No. And its morale level is 12 versus bombardment. Sweet. Hard to bust oh, those Oh, i got to remember up. that. Yeah. yeah, I was debating whether to bring in that plane and trying to hit one of those, mm-hmm. but I figured by the whole concept of it being a command bunker, it would probably be dumb to try and blow it out, you know. Yeah. Go in with flamethrower instead or close combat or something. And rule 6.12. Rooftop. Is this only on the command bunkers? Yes. There's yeah. no rooftop on any of the no. buildings or anything. And Right. So right. it's just on the command bunkers. Yep. It's a level one, and it's a plus two TEM versus direct fire. Right. So did it have a little wall around it or something? I guess so, yeah. Or sandbags, maybe. Around it, yeah. Because they con- had sand. <laughs> they had plenty of sand for sandbags. <laughs> Where are we going to get, you know... Excuse me, Commander. We need some sand for these sandbags. Where do we get those? Where do we get that? And it is concealment terrain for setup purposes only. It's not a location for route or victory conditions. Right. And you may enter from adjacent hex directly. It costs the United States guys four. And the Japanese three. They can go right to the roof. Oh, yeah. You can kind of climb up the sand and banked sides. Yeah. Like, yeah, they like piled sand around it in sandbags. You can climb right up. Kind of cool. The Island Command Bunker, or ICB. There is only one. Did you ever use it in the game? Yes. The first time I played Tarawa, I used it. It's Hex M45. Yes. Do you remember modifier on it? Uh, Five. Plus five. Plus five for guys in there. Yeah. They still have the same restrictions firing out. As the other bunkers? Right. The flamethrower versus it adds the plus five unless it's within the hex. Huh. And the command bunker has underground location. Yes. Like a cellar. Yeah. It can hold two squads in there. It has line of sight to the uh, just ICB to the itself. Command bunker, yeah. Oh, just straight up the stairs. <clears throat> right. And the stairs go to the command bunker only. And it cannot be destroyed. Yeah, it can't be destroyed in naval OPA or any other way. Huh. Cannot be destroyed. Then I have a plus four TEM. I don't know why I wrote that. Only infantry support weapon may set up or enter it. So place them under the counter. It's hard to get in and out of it with stuff. Yes. And then 6.3, the pill boxes. Mm-hmm. They're hip, and what else do they have that's kind of cool? Pills. And boxes for the pills. Yeah. Tunnels? Oh, yes. You guys use tunnels? Yes, for every two pill boxes that you purchase, in the case of Tarawa, or you get, if you're playing one of the scenarios, you get a trench. Or up, sorry, you get a passage or a trench. Or a trench. Very good. So you can use the passage to connect to other pill boxes. Or buildings, I guess. and uh, Or you can use the trench. 
Yes, and you have to use those for the bunkers that are near the pillboxes then to make them bunkers. And um, all trenches connect to adjacent buildings. That's kind of like a lot of the red barricades. Yeah. The trenches connect to the cellars. I remember reading about that. Yeah. Yeah. So they dig the trench along the road and then poke a hole through the wall into this adjacent cellar. Yeah. So the same concept here. Trenches connect to adjacent buildings. There's no, although there's no basements, so it must slope up to them or something, right? Yeah. No, no cost to leave a trench when you're entering the building, so it does connect directly. You can't enter it while you're bypassing, of course, nor exit into bypass. You have right. To go into okay. the building from the trench. Yeah. No snapshots at people leaving the building into the trench. So they're Makes not sense, exposed right? to that. And, and infantry entered the fortified building th- through the tunnels as if it's not fortified. So there's a hole through all the blocking stuff around there. Normally your infantry can't enter the fortified building when the enemy's in it. Mm-hmm. But if, you got, if you're coming in through that trench, it's like a little gateway into the building. Play it that way. And 6.4 is passage. A passage is a fortification, and it's a one-hex tunnel. And uh, enter and exit is... Must be in a building. Right. So the passage has to go from a bunker to a building oh, or another it, bunker. Oh, it can't just go to some. Can't go to palm a trench or, or to some otherwise non building type hex. Okay. I wonder, is any of this stuff still on the island? Probably a lot of it. You know, uh, that's a very good question. Probably. There's probably some left. Yeah. Though the island is pretty well inhabited. It is now, yeah. correct. And it's also sinking. And it's sinking. Yeah, due to the so-called global warming. Yeah, climate change in some way is affecting it, I think. Or but it's just sinking. Yeah. And they're they're going to move all those people somewhere else. Yeah. And at least that's the talk. Wow. Yeah. Passage is eliminated when the entrance exit are rubbled or eliminated. So yeah, it lizard dies with that. The bomb proof six point five. Do you remember what that is? I do. But tell us a little. It's kind of like a pillbox, uh, but you don't have a limited covered arc on it. Units in it can fire out in any direction. Yep, and it's a they point. get they get the uh, inherent firepower is halved, just the way it is shooting out of the pillboxes. Yep. But machine guns, except the not. Japanese machine gun, right? Um, what else? Tem four plus four plus four morale level ten versus bombardment. Uh, I have here the PB with normal stacking and no covered arc. Oh, it's you just said that it's like a pillbox. Yeah, you're adding it on to to somewhere, right? And no covered arc. It can't be next to or in a beach. Those are separate counters that come with Tarawa, the bomb-proof yeah. counters. And then we're wrapping up here with towers. Oh, I love f- the towers. A few more rules. Always makes me think of F Troop. F- oh yeah, don't you? Don't you? Yeah. When the I tower think of the towers. collapsed in the opening yeah. scene every time. Fire the cannon. Yeah. F Troop. I wonder if that show holds up today. Probably not. I actually have it on DVD. You do? Yeah. You there was only t- there were only two seasons. First season was in black and white. Second season was in color. It doesn't really hold up. It's it's a little bit uh, edgy because of the treatment of Indians oh. in those days. It was no longer politically correct. Yeah. Uh, and the show it, didn't... It's still kind of funny. Ken Berry, I thought, was a great 
physical actor. Yeah. As uh, as the Captain Parmenter. But it was intended to be a little campy along yeah. the lines, lines of Gilgan's Island yes. versus yeah. you know, I Love Lucy. Or yeah. And I had, a, I had a crush on Melody Patterson big time. Ooh. I was only like seven. Yeah, I can't, when the show I can't remember out. her, but I like Jeannie. Wrangler Jane. was She was. Wrangler Jane. That's right. Mm-hmm. Sweet. I'll, I'll have to maybe borrow those then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's I, a few good ones in there. I can't get my kids to watch those, those old shows much. Oh, no? Yeah, yeah. we tried Gilligan's Island with them. And... They won't do Gilligan's Island, huh? No. Yeah. They will do Brady Bunch. Of course. But. <laughs> Towers, made of wood or concrete? They are made of wood. How high? They are two level. Two I and a half. Up yeah. a level? A level? Yeah. Oh, two a, and a half levels. Yeah. Has no effect on the ground level, basically. Right. That's considered like open ground. Under there. And it's a line of sight hindrance at the two and a half level. Right. And neg two on rubble creation? Oh, didn't know about that. What does that well, mean? That could be. So oh, you're bombing it. Right. You're trying to, yeah, you're yeah. rubbling it with an OBA or something. Right. And it's minus two because it's easier to get it to collapse. Right. And Especially if it's if it's the F troop one. It's like <laughs> it's easy it's to collapse. four. It comes with the pre half sawed through yeah. stilts <laughs> yeah. on it. Yeah. And the rubble is to collapse it equals it's eliminating the units that are on it. Yes. At level two, they're going down. Stacking limit, I think, is a half squad. It's a half squad and... And a leader. Portage points. Or a, a single-man counter. Five portage Five points? Five portage points. Okay, so you can get a medium machine gun up there. Up there. Yeah, the roof... Well, let's see. You can get a heavy machine gun up there, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, depending mm-hmm. on the... Yeah. Yeah. The rooftop and fortifications not applicable up there. There's no rooftop. Yeah. The tower is zero TEM. And a plus one height advantage. At plus one, wow. it's zero TEM. But you never stay at plus one. I mean, you you move through it. You can't you can't stay there. Yeah. So when you're at the above it, you have height advantage of plus one. Right. Instead of like a TEM. This is the way they're phrasing it here. You have the height advantage. That's where you get the plus one from. Oh, I see. When you're up there. It's probably got some technical things that could be. Okay. You know. Yeah. Make a difference sometime. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, can you put a gun up in there? No. No. Can vehicles enter the upper level? <laughs> well, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here, on a palm limb, and <laughs> That's say no. That's really dangerous. Yeah. Can they enter the bottom level? Yes. Yes, but only with vehicle bypass movement. Oh, I didn't so know that. I guess they're saying don't even try driving around in the middle there. Okay. Just go around the tower and yeah. the next. Buttoned up and armor finding vehicles closed top may enter the obstacle as per B23.41. There's no cellar to fall into, but there's a bog check and a neg one on it. Okay. And um, so you can enter the obstacle and hmm. infantry use stairs. It says enter only vehicle bypass move may enter the obstacle as per B23.41. Is that hmm. to see if you knock it over? Yeah, I, I think it is. Guess. It is to yeah, see if you knock it over. So the Americans can drive a tank in there. That's coming back and to me knock now. it over. Yeah, okay. and then do a check to see like you know, there's no cellar, but you do a check, and if you, it fails, you can collapse. The okay. Thing. Uh, infantry use the stairs. Um, yeah, there's no elevator. Can't stop in the middle, as you said, at level one. Uh, there's no stopping there. You can shoot at the enemy on the stairs in the middle. Yes. 
and you treat it as open ground with no TEM. Right. So you're just going up the little staircase. Leave residual on a level one counter. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you can plug yeah. somebody running up there, but you know, you only have a, we said it only holds a half squad. Well, I guess if you had a half squad and then a leader. Oh, yeah, he can come up later. Up. Then you could plug him with the resid on the level one counter. Yeah. Treat it as a tower location, as a building, the roof for concealment. Oh, treat it as a roof for concealment. Okay. Like you can only do it at the beginning and so on. Right. Um, it's not a building for route purposes at all. And you may spot for the big guns, which is what you guys were doing, right? Yeah. You can spot. And normally a spotter needs to be adjacent to a gun or mortar. Oh, a gun. Within three hexes. But, yes, these towers, you need to be, you can be within three hexes. Of which those is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, I remember you guys were doing that. Yeah. And when you're trying to get that tower, why didn't we? Maybe we, I mean, if you're spotting us on the beach or anywhere. Then you can you, see a back. It's tower, reciprocal. It's just that we really were preoccupied with dudes all in front of us with, yeah. Infantry guns or machine guns with neg two leaders, and I mean there was so much else to be firing at right. that I don't think it seemed to me like a good idea at the time to stop and try and knock the spotter out of the tower to get. But those big yeah, guns those, were because big. Those guns were not really; they weren't working at you. Were they going they out at not, the ocean? What were they doing with them? No, no, they. Oh yes, they were. Right, the big Singapore guns. Right, were exposed, oh. and those were at you, but. Those were the Singapore guns, which you can't you can't fire at those with machine guns. Right, you have to take them out by land. Right, and get in there. Um, but yeah, I guess you could have been firing firing back at that. But it's it's hexes. So you could, it's over six hexes. You put a bunch of bigger guns around them. And yeah, use them to spot for those. Yeah. Um, gun rule eight: gun emplacements. Mm-hmm. There's two gun turrets. They're open topped and they're half level obstacles. Right, those big the, 200 millimeter. That we were, yeah, yeah. You were just referring to. Yeah. Rule nine, pat, port, the port. Ocean, abutting S33, it's stone jetty. Yes. That's the port by the pier, right? Right. It's a level one obstacle, impassable to all ground units. Right. And then the piers are at level zero. It's not open ground. Yeah, there's a plus one, I think, on the pier. Huh, I didn't jot it For units in. on the pier, I think so. And it, there's no location under T33, U33, or V33. Are those the ones closest to the land? Oh, yeah, see the sand yeah. coming out on right. those? So you can't go under those piers. But those the other sections. ones you can. You can, yeah. And for, there's uh, Beneath the location stack is a squad and three portage points. Yeah. It's not affected by residual fire on top of the pier if you're under the pier, of course. And the seawall, if a pony, opposing unit set up on the beach, the guy on the beach has the wall advantage if you set up opposing unit. Uh, okay, it. right. Um, excavation pits, do you remember what those were like? Or Yeah, they're, uh, they're pre-printed on the map. They look like little gray. Uh, they almost look like shell holes, kind of, yeah, but they're little gray. More roundy shapes. Yeah. Right on some of the hexes. And I don't know, you treat them like shell holes, I think? Yeah, but vehicles of. have a plus three to bog. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then the airfield. There was two kinds. Yeah, there's a hard sand. Yeah, the light gray. Hard. 
I think, is plus two to entrench and direct fire with wall, T-E-M. There's a wall that goes by it, right? On the airfield? uh, Somewhere, those ports for the airplanes. Oh, right. Different part of the map that we're looking at there. It's the other map. And then um, the dark gray, which is the paved. Right. As you were indicating. Yeah. Which follow the normal airfield rules. So... So that completes the terrain for Tarawa. Of course, it's a little more tricky than that and complicated. Yeah, a little bit. But that'll get um, you started, though. And hopefully people are getting renewed interest in Tarawa, though I don't know if it'll ever be reprinted. Probably not. But That's true. But still. Yeah. Now, be. I do have the Tarawa footnotes that I've read off, so we'll okay. attach it. And what time are we at? Will that we're be at, show? Uh, yeah, we're at an hour 22, so I think we be better an hour wrap and a half. it up. Yeah. We'll wrap it up with that, so... Yeah. Okay, I'll pl- let's listen to them now. Okay. All right, we got the uh, notes for Tarawa. Footnotes. Number one, rule 6.0, bunkers. Various command bunkers, pillboxes, and bomb proofs mostly were made of palm trunks with sand covering or concrete. Two attempts were made to provide more concrete to Basio, but both transports were sunk. Nevertheless, bunkers were still very well made. Some bunkers had spider trenches leading to firing ports and to other covered positions. The films and pictures familiar to many of the sand hill and huge concrete structure show just the largest of several command bunker locations on the island. Admiral Shibasaki, commander of the Japanese forces, died as he was moving his headquarters from the most famous of these bunkers in order to provide the Japanese wounded with a protected haven. These rules give the Japanese player the opportunity to match the genius of Rear Admiral Saishiro Tomonari in devising the defense of Beishio. Footnote 2. Rule 6.5. Bomb proofs. These fortifications were built all over the island for ammunition and supply storage, but proved very useful for infantry defense. So, that's why they were bomb proofs. Hiding all the uh, ammo in there. I was in a bomb proof in Florida. What city was that? It's the oldest city in the United States. There's a, a naval bombard uh, gun area there by the beach, but they had a bomb proofs. Footnote 3, 7.1, towers. The Japanese have built several observation towers to spot for the long-range anti-shipping guns on base show. Footnote 4, rule 8.1. The 8-inch guns. Now, these are the so-called Singapore guns. For many years, some historians erroneously thought these guns had been captured by the Japanese from the British during the Siege of Singapore. In fact, the guns were Vickers 8-inch guns purchased from the British during the Russo-Japanese War of 1905. During the Battle for Show, the guns never scored a hit on a U.S. Navy vessel. And these, well, I'd like to know why, then. They're hindering my uh, Noba fire. And the rules, um, these two on the southwest end of the island were both destroyed by a direct hit on the ammo storage shelter by a naval gun. Two more were mounted on the east end of the island. Okay, we don't see those in the game, I don't think. Footnote 5, rule 13. Airfield, the main runway on Basho, was built of four inches of concrete, while the taxiways were constructed of crushed coral. There's two different kinds of runway there. Footnote 6, Rule 15.2. Red Beach 3. Only a portion of Red Beach 3 is in play. Adding the remainder would have meant more map sheets without changing the play very much. Which I think Jeff mentioned that the uh, 
map sheets are additionally are available somewhere on the internet or PDF format, whatever. Put note seven, rule fifteen point four campaign game, two point one rule battalion landing teams. The invasion of a hostile shore is one of the most complicated operations undertaken by a military force. In marine operations, a major part of the invasion plan is the assignment of particular infantry regiments to a specific invasion beach. The assigned regiment is reinforced with other units, and the resulting combined arms force is called a regimental combat team, the RCT. During the landing phase of the operation, the RCT is called the regimental landing. Oh, sorry, the regimental combat team, the RCT, and it's called a regimental landing team, the RLT during the landing phase. The regiment commander assigns each of the regiment's organic battalions to a subdivision of the regiment's assigned landing beach. Each such battalion is then reinforced and becomes a battalion landing team, a BLT. Okay, I needed that clarification and I'm still unclear on it. Okay, so you assign the regiment with other units. It's the combat team. And during the landing phase, it's just called a landing team. Okay, simple enough. And he assigns each of the organic battalions to a subdivision of the regiment's assigned landing beach. Each battalion is then reinforced and is a battalion landing team. Footnote 8, 15.4, campaign game 2.3. Assault waves. The forces included are correct historically for the initial... BLTs in each campaign game, but the reinforcement designations are not entirely historical. Two battalions, the 1, 2, and the 3, 8, have been left out of the BRTOB. Two additional battalions of the infantry made the Marines too strong in the campaign game, and the 1, 8, which, 1, 2, which landed on the heels of the 2, 2, had effectively been eliminated while wading into the beach. Yikes. The intent is to give the Marine player a feel for planning an assault against heavily defended shore. In an amphibious assault, the decision made in the planning stages will often win or lose the battle. For, exa for example, where will the BLT, Battalion Landing Team, headquarters come in? In this action, Colonel Crow, commanding the 2-8 Marines, came in with the initial assault waves, whereas Major Chantel came in with the third wave. Colonel Crow had control of his forces from the time he hit the shore, but Major Shuttle did not gain control until the night of D plus one. And of course, in the middle, Colonel Amy was killed on the way in. Footnote nine. Campaign game three point one. Naval gunfire on Basho has universally been declared a disaster. The low line island caused a majority of the larger caliber shells to skip across the island, causing minimal damage. Oh, I never don't remember reading that. The larger caliber shells skipped across the island. On the positive side, however, was the bravery of the crews of the USS Ringgold and the USS Dashio on D-Day. These ships went into the lagoon and provided direct fire on Japanese fortifications. After some semblance of command and control was obtained, the five-inch guns of these two ships wreaked havoc on, wreaked havoc on the defenders. See campaign game rule 3 0.21. Footnote 10 simply explains why you need cloaking, so you can't single out the leaders. Campaign game, uh, or uh, footnote 11, which is campaign game rule 6, air support. The primary problem with air support received on base show is timing. The naval task force and the landing force mixed up beginning morning nautical twilight 
and Civil Twilight. I'm unfamiliar with that. Beginning Morning Nautical Twilight and Civil Twilight. Is it like just having different designations or for different types of twilight? Consequently, the air support arrived on time, according to the clocks of the air crews, but over an hour late for the needs of the amphibious forces. Yeah, I guess so. This discrepancy caused the cessation of naval gunfire for a critical 30 minutes, enabling the Japanese to readjust their forces. Also important for, was the doctrine of Little Sky Big Bullet, largely discredited after Tarawa, which dictated that naval gunfire or any artillery not fire while aircraft were operating in order to avoid hitting the friendly air support, which is the rule we have when the air support arrives, which it had in our game. Um, as I'm recording this, we just rolled for it, and it's coming in in the next turn here. Um, we can't use our Nova, which we haven't drawn a black card anyway for. Footnote 12, Campaign Game 7.1, Reserve Pool. Although there were no reserves for the Japanese units. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. They don't have really reserves, right? They're all on the island already. The reserve pool represents the 7th SNLF units, which were defending the South Shore. And so they came north after the American intentions were realized that the Americans were landing on the north side, you know. So the reserve pool helps connect the two rather distant game segments in a campaign game. The Marine attempts to get ashore, followed by the Japanese struggle to hold out in the face of superior Marine firepower. Footnote 13. Campaign Game Rule 10. The Night Bonsai Attack. The Japanese defense plan for Beisho included contingencies for a counterattack that was not executed due to the loss of Admiral Shibasaki on D-Day. This rule gives the Japanese player a potentially decisive, albeit risky, counterattack option. Campaign Game Rule 14. I'm sorry. Footnote 14, Campaign Game 13. The M1A1 and 75mm artillery pieces were carried over the reef like all the other gear. Hmm, 75mm arties carried on over. And footnote 15, campaign game 13. The M3A1, most 37mm anti-AT guns, came ashore along the pier, although some were rolled along in the reef. Huh, rolled along. The general depth of the water made it no more difficult to manhandle them than a muddy field, but deeper pockets posed a threat to their continued existence. Deeper pockets, they mean like if they fell in a deeper area as they came across in the water. Footnote 16, campaign game rule 17. The over-the-wall task check. The Marines have to take this task check we've been talking about on this show, to get over the seawall. So, it says, the Marines were pinned down behind the seawall for most of the first day. The greater the cover, the less likely it was that large groups would go over. Only in small groups did the Marines start to destroy the fortifications blocking the advance. The loss of leaders and the intimidating defenses created a need for courage of even greater measure. That was a quote. Campaign or uh, footnote 17, rule 15.607. Strategic locations, the intent here is to provide a system for setting up the next campaign game date. The concept of front lines is really not applicable on base show. For example, units of the 2-8, 
Marines reached the far side of the airfield and were completely cut off, with no real ill effect. Footnote 18, BRT SSR 8, machine, medium machine gun usage. Commander Sugai, Imperial Japanese Naval or Navy commander of the Rukin Sentai on Beisho and Admiral Shiba Saki both believed in cross-training troops to fire all available weapons. And they integrated the island's medium machine guns in with the squad's defensive positions, allowing the Japanese first line and elite squads to use the medium machine guns without penalty. Helps to simulate this, as well as cutting down on the number of crew counters needed. Always a nice touch. Footnote 19, Special Scenario Rule 11, the LVT task check. Operations orders for the assault called for the LVTs to provide direct fire support for the Marines ashore. Many LVTs did stay at the beach or venture inland, with one making it to the center of the airfield. It soon became apparent, however, that the follow-on boats could not negotiate the reef. Many intrepid LVT drivers then went back to the lagoon to try to aid the waiting marines and to help with the shuttling of supplies. After Tarawa, marine doctrine was changed. Close support LVTs were developed to work with marines ashore. Yeah, there's a task check to see if the um, LVTs will stay on at the battle or go back off. And the last footnote, footnote 20. Special scenario rule 13. On dismantled support weapons, the American support weapons were waterproofed with parts individually packed. Other Marines often could not recover all the parts after the original crews were incapacitated. That would explain that. Alright, and that's the footnotes. 20 footnotes. Always fascinating reading if you ask me. Ah, very good, Dave. So, yeah, little footnotes. I like the historical background on those. Yeah. Kind of point out why some of the rules are the way they are. Yeah. And so we'll call it a show. That's a show. Thanks, and everybody, for listening. Remember to roll low. And rally well. But not when not you're playing, when you're playing us. us. Of course not. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. I can see it. When I listen to this, it makes me think of us as action figures. Dave Kleinschmidt and Jeff Hallett, the action guys. See, I, I've always thought of us as more like bobbleheads. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly true. Yeah.